0: I want to talk to you today about learning to trust, learning to trust, because at the end of the day, most of the problems we have with God come down to this right here, trust, trust issues. Why did Adam and Eve eat from the tree that they were supposed to not eat from? They had trust issues. They weren't really sure if what God said was true was actually true. They weren't sure if what they had was actually enough. Even though God said, everything you have, you have access to everything, they questioned God's Word. We get in trouble when we question what God has said. We get ourselves into things and places that we don't want to be at because we have trust issues. And today I want to talk to you about how to fix those trust issues with God and how it can access to so much more that God has for you. If you have a Bible, go to Habakkuk chapter three, verse 17. Come on, boomer. Yes. Welcome to victory. Habakkuk chapter three, verse 17. Though the fig tree does not blossom and there's no fruit on the vines and though the product of the olive fails. So what he's describing here is there's, there's a lot of bad things going on. Right now, there's not a lot of good things happening in this scripture passage. He says, though, though the fields yield no food and though the flock is cut off from the fold and there's no cattle in the stalls, yet will I praise you. I love that word yet. Yet has several meanings. Yet means... Something that hasn't happened yet. It refers to something that's going to happen in the future, but it hasn't happened yet. But yet also can be a conjunction. It can be something like nevertheless. Yet will I praise you. Even though things aren't going the way that I want them to go. Even though I haven't seen a breakthrough or a miracle. Even though I haven't seen the increase that I've been promised. Yet will I praise you. See, Habakkuk was committed. Habakkuk was all in. And Habakkuk is a hard book to find. It took me a while to find Habakkuk, but once I found it, man, it was a treasure. And if you're looking for it, it's probably on page 1017. That's what it is in my Bible. But when you get there and you start reading through Habakkuk, there's something powerful about his commitment to worship and praise God, even when things didn't make sense, even when things weren't going his way. I think the God of so much more is looking for people who aren't just looking for benefits but are willing to be committed even when they don't see the promise yet. Yet will I praise you. Paul was learning this in the Bible, Paul the Apostle in Philippians 419. He says, my God will supply all my needs. In other words, he hasn't done it yet, but he will. He will. He's gonna take care of all of my needs. I'm not worried, Paul was saying. I've learned to be content whether I'm abounding or abased. Whether the church provides for me or not, the church is not my source. God is my source. If you want to access so much more for your life, you need to define who your source is. The biggest competitor of trust in our lives is money. This is why Jesus talked about it. 16 out of the 33 parables, he talked about money. Money, this money, that and and people get frustrated, upset when you start talking too much about money, it stirs up tension and stress. But today I want to just calm you down because what I want to help you with is this on all of our dollar bills and coins, we have a phrase that says, in God, we trust. And if that's true, then we shouldn't be so stressed about those dollars and those coins. But on those very dollars and coins, we have printed the thing that's competing against those things. Right, because God ultimately, he's not after your money, he's after your heart. God's trying to help set us free from greed, from lack, from scarcity, and he's looking for people who will trust him during the yet seasons, when things haven't turned around yet. I wanna go to a story today that we're gonna camp out in. It's in Genesis 26. It's the story about a man named Isaac. And Isaac had a yet season. He was waiting for a promise. He was waiting for a breakthrough. It says in Genesis 26, verse one, now there was a famine in the land. And this wasn't the first famine. It says there was a famine just like this in his daddy's time, Abraham. And what I want you to know today is that this is not God's first rodeo. Your problem is not the first problem God has had to solve. You might be here today and you go, Paul, man, I've got issues. I'm a single parent mom trying to raise three kids. I've got two or three jobs. I don't think God could solve this problem. I don't know if God could come through. You need to know today he did it back then and he can do it again. You might be a pastor watching today. You might be struggling in your finances. You might be struggling in your ministry. You might be a husband here today, feeling like you're in a famine with your wife. You might be a wife here today, feeling like you're in a famine with your husband, wondering if God's gonna come through. What you need to know is God's fixed these famines in the past. He showed up for people in the past and he can show up for you. He's faithful. Genesis 26 says, this is not the first famine. Oftentimes what stirs up fear and this lack of trusting in God is we start to think this, this must be the first time God has encountered this problem. A college student that needs money to pay for college. You're not the first college student that God has answered and provided college funds for. You're not the first parents in the room that wanted to put your kids in Victory Christian school and God showed up and provided them for. God has done it time and time again. And if you'll stop zeroing in on focusing in on your problem and start focusing in on the answer, God, you will access the so much more that he has for you. It requires trust. On Thursday night, I was playing with my kids, Liam and Beniah and, and Mac, and Pop and Gigi were helping watch Mac, our baby boy, and I had the three-year-old, four-year-old. We were playing this puzzle, and it's the same puzzle we've been playing all year. It's a dinosaur puzzle, and, and we, we've gotten so good at this puzzle. We put it together so fast. We've memorized the puzzle, and so finally, I was like, we just need to go get another puzzle, this puzzle's getting boring. Let's go get another puzzle. And I wanted to get a game of checkers because, um, because I've been wanting to teach my boys checkers. Come on, how many of y'all love checkers? Yeah, I love checkers. I love the old school games. I don't need any of the new stuff. I got checkers, man. So I wanted to teach my kids checkers. And I said, let's, let's load up in the car. Let's go down to the store. Ashley was out shopping with her sister on Thursday night. So I said, let's load up. Let's just go get a game of checkers and a puzzle. So we drive to Walmart over here in Glenpool. And... Um, There's thousands of cars in the parking lot. I was like, what in the world? And we go walking inside, there's thousands of people all through this store, lined up and down. Every cash register literally had hundreds of people waiting with tons of stuff in their grocery carts. And it dawned on me, it's Black Friday tonight. (laughs) I had totally forgotten. I felt like a deer caught in the headlights. I was like, And some people recognized me, they were like, Pastor Paul, what are you doing here? I was like, I'm just trying to get a puzzle and a game of checkers. And they were like, is it on sale? I was like, I, I forgot it's Black Friday on Thursday night. And, uh, and I was like, no, I, I'm not going to wait in line this long to buy a game of checkers. We'll come back tomorrow, but we had worked so hard to get a parking spot to get there. So I said, "Let's just walk around through Walmart." So, you know, Liam and Benny are going, "So, are we going to get checkers and a puzzle?" I go, "Not yet." Everybody say, "Not yet." Not yet. In other words, soon, but not yet. It's going to happen, but not yet. And, so I said, Well, what are we gonna do? We're squeezing between people because all the aisles are full with people. So we're literally squeezing through there. Liam and Benny are holding my hand. We're trying to get to the very back of Walmart just to find a spot to run around. I said, Let's just run around. Cause I used to run around in Walmart as a kid, I grew up in Walmart. Raised by Walmart. My mom used to take me and John with her to Walmart when she'd go to the grocery store and she would have prayer lines, literally like 15 people by the milk carton section. And she'd be casting out demons, praying for people, slaying people in the spirit. My mom was a Walmart preacher. We, she had like four hour church services at Walmart. She'd be getting Ritz crackers and just casting out demons. <laughs> getting all the ingredients for the pimento cheese that she was going to make. All right. So, so I grew up in Walmart. We, my brother and I, we used to run to the technology department because they would be playing movies. We couldn't watch at my parents' house. They'd be playing like Jurassic park. And John and I were like 10 and 11 years old, sitting there watching Jurassic park in the technology section. And people were like, who are raising these kids? No, my parents were, but I said, Liam Benny, let's play. Let's just run around. And they said, well, are we going to get anything? I said, no, let's play the someday game. This came to me and they go, what's the someday game? I said, Point out the things you want someday. (laughs) And they're looking at me confused. They're like, so when are we going to get it? And I said, someday. And guys, parents, I'm telling you, this this is a free game and your kids will have so much fun. At least my kids did. They got to be like three and four years old. So my kids were like, so someday it's going to happen. I go, if God wants it to (laughs) <laughs> Y'all are like, you are mean. So my kids were so excited. They were like, yay. So they start running down the aisle. They're like, someday, 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 daddy, someday, 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 someday. someday. And people are watching us like I'm this cheapo depot dad that can't afford presents. And they're like, that's so sad. He's playing the someday game with his kids on black Friday. I mean, there's specials going on. We can help him out. I'm like, listen, I'm going to buy him a puzzle. We got a puzzle last night in Checkers. You don't have to buy it for us. We got it. By the way, the sales are still happening the day after Black Friday. But we run around oftentimes with like chickens with our heads cut off, afraid that the, that the stores are going to run out of stuff. And so we're lining up, stressed out about getting our stuff. And Liam and Benny were so happy that someday, someday they might get these toys. So after 45 minutes of playing the Sunday game, Liam said, what do we do now? I said, let's pray to God and ask him to answer these prayer requests someday. So Liam said, okay. So we held hands and said, Lord, if it's your will, only the ones that they need. God, I thank you that they'll get these toys someday. And so they're so happy. We walked out of Walmart, smiling, laughing. People next to us are cussing each other out, stressed, frustrated. I didn't get the flat screen TV that they got. And I didn't. And you know what I realized? Fun is free. Joy is free. Some of us are living so stressed and so maxed out with worry and panic and fear and scarcity mindsets as if somehow this famine, that there's always a famine going on and that there's always going to be this sense of lack. And it stops us from trusting God. It stops us from trusting during the yet seasons. And you know what I've realized about trust Liam and Benny, they got in the truck, and we drove home, and we got back to the house, and we played and hung out, and and it was fine. They were okay. They trusted that someday they would have what they need, and in the meantime, whatever they needed, it would always be provided for them. And oftentimes, we get frustrated because we don't get what we want, but what we want isn't always what we need. God knows what you need, and God will take care of your needs But you've got to trust him during the in-between times while you're waiting for some of those wants to be answered. Some of you want to get married right now, but God may not want you to get married right now because he's trying to heal your heart from the last person that broke it. Some of you want certain things right now. You want a promotion. You want more in your life. And God's saying, I need you to trust me when you're going through the famine. That I have things lined up for you. I have opportunities. I have provision." but I'm, I'm, I'm watching your faithfulness. So Isaac is, is in this moment, he's in a famine and God shows up in verse two of Genesis 26 and says, do not go down to Egypt. Don't go down to Egypt. Egypt was the place where everyone was going. It was where the money is at. People were following the money. If you will follow God, the money will follow you. So many people follow money as a means of direction for their life. Go where the money is. Go with the popular choice. And either we follow the the voice of God or we follow the popular choice. We follow what everyone's saying to do. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to invest here. You need to invest in that. And it says God spoke to him. Don't go down to Egypt. Don't go down to that place where you think all your needs are going to be met. Don't put your faith in Egypt. Put your faith in God. Don't put your faith in riches. Put your faith in the one who richly provides for you. And if you'll put your faith in the one who richly provides for you, you will never be disappointed by the riches that can't sustain you in every season. Because at some point, all this stuff you have won't be enough. And that's where you've got to find your true foundation. the, The best place to put your trust is in God. So it says that God said to Isaac, Stay right here, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. And to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to your daddy, Abraham. Remember Father Abraham who had many sons and many sons had Father Abraham and I'm one of them and so are you. And he says, I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. So the same promise he gave to Abram, he's now giving to his son, Isaac. You are going to step into harvest that your parents labored for. You're going to experience miracles and breakthroughs because you had a dad that was faithful to obey God's voice. I'm seeing miracles and favor in my life because of my mom and dad's obedience to God. There's a praying grandma in your family tree. There's someone in your family line that didn't give up on God. And because of their commitment to God, you are going to experience miracles and breakthroughs. Your obedience today will affect generations tomorrow. This is why this thing we're about to do as a church, we're calling it for the future because we recognize it's not just for today. It's for tomorrow. It's for our children and our children's children. You see, Abraham didn't know 60 years prior to this when he was in a famine, when he trusted in God, when he brought his son Isaac to the altar, he didn't know that one day his son would go through a famine. And it's good to remember that our parents went through famines too. I'm thankful to know Billy Joe and Sharon walked through tough times too. And God was faithful for them. And he'll be faithful to me as well. He'll be faithful to Ashley. He'll be faithful to us. I love listening to stories from my grand at Christmas. She'll be 95 this upcoming year in 2019. And she tells stories. She'll say, you know, I was born in 1924. And I remember during the Great Depression, we weren't sure if we were going to have food on the table the next day. But God was always faithful. You need to know this is not God's first rodeo. Your famine, your problem, your issue, God's been faithful to people in the past. And because your parents made a covenant with God, and some of you are going to be a first generation Christian in your family. You're the one. You are the Abraham in your family. You're making a covenant because your parents didn't trust in God. How many are the first one in your family to follow Jesus? I want you to raise your hand. Can we give it up for those that are starting a legacy today? You're starting a legacy for your family today. You're starting a legacy. And there will be future generations blessed because of your obedience. How many are here today? You are walking in favor because you had a a grandma, a grandpa, a dad, a mom that trusted in God, believed in God, tithed, walked in the obedience of God's word, and you're seeing breakthroughs. Come on, Jesus. Listen, here's the point. God was telling Isaac, I was faithful to your daddy. I'm going to be faithful to you, but I'm counting on you to trust in me. Trust is not trust until it's activated with obedience. Trust isn't trust just because you sing a song. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you, how I prove you o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust in more. Offering plate comes by. No, thank you. I'm not trusting you with that. I trust you during worship, but not during the offering. God's like, hold up. Worship is offering. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you. Somebody hurts your feelings, breaks your heart. God's word says, forgive them, forgive them, forgive them. It's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. Forgive them because the the mercy you show others will be the mercy that returns back to you. And you go, I trust you during worship songs, but no, I'm not going to forgive them. I'm going to hold on to my offense and my bitterness, and I'm going to leave because I'm upset at them. And God's saying, listen, trust isn't trust until it's activated with obedience, It's easy to do something you want to do. It takes true commitment to do something that you don't want to do. Listen, Christianity is not a promise of, of the easy way out. It's not like, hey, here's the escape plan from every problem you have. And you just you never have to face any difficulties. Christianity is the commitment to follow Jesus even through the famine. Yet will I praise him, even though the crops aren't producing, even though there's no cattle in the pen. Yet will I praise him. Like Job said, my redeemer still lives naked. I came into this earth naked. I shall leave. But I choose to praise the Lord regardless of what I see that's going on around me. God is not your problem. He's the answer to your problem. And if you will trust him through the famine, he says, I promise you, I swear I'll bless you. We want all the benefits without the commitment. It's like the boyfriend that wants the girl to do everything with him, but he won't put a ring on her finger. Dump him. Tell him, you got to wait till the wedding day. My body's not yours until the ring is on the finger until we say I do. See, I think God's saying, I I don't want you to just date me. I want you to put a ring on the thing. I want you to be all in. I want you to be committed. Isaac, I know everyone's going to Egypt, but I'm saying stay right here. But the land is bad. The soil is bad. God knows how to make something out of nothing. And oftentimes what looks bad here, because you're looking over there, the grass is greener on the other side. It's just because you're not watering your own grass. God's saying there's more beneath the soil. There's acres of diamonds right beneath your feet. There's oil, there's nutrients, there's minerals. You've gotten so frustrated, you've called it a famine, but if you will start prophesying over the soil that you're standing on, the marriage that you're in, the ministry, the mission, the purpose, the finances, I'm telling you, there's more than meets the eye. There's more. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. It hasn't happened yet. Someday, game. God says, it's gonna happen. Trust me in this. So it says, Isaac, stayed. In verse six, it says, so Isaac stayed. He dwelt there. So I wanna give you four points on how to trust in God. Learning to trust, number one, activate trust with obedience to God. Activate your trust with unconditional obedience. Unconditional, no strings attached. No ultimatums, right? It's not like, okay, I'll obey you if you do this, this, and this for me. That's ultimatums. That's conditional obedience. Unconditional obedience is, okay, I'm going up to the mountain like Abraham did, carrying Isaac up to the mountain. I don't know what's going to happen. But when you walk with unconditional obedience, there's a ram walking on the other side of the mountain that's going to meet you at the top. When you walk with unconditional obedience, when you trust God's word, trust is not trust until it's activated with obedience. What am I asking you to obey? I'm asking you to obey God's word. What has God's word said? God's word has said, you should have no other idol before me. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. God's not trying to rob you. He's actually trying to bless you. God's not trying to take from your life. He's actually trying to bring so much more into your life. And it's connected to your obedience to God. When you obey God, you step into the so much more that God has for you. And when you obey God with little, he can trust you with more. You might have very little today. You might be a young person here and you're going, Paul, I'm broke. I don't know what I could give to God. I don't know how I could worship God with my You can sow your time. You could sow your talent. You can get involved serving in the church. You can give out in many different ways. You can obey God's word. Isaiah 119 says, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. So we activate our, our, we activate our trust with obedience to God. Number two, stay faithful in the process. Stay faithful in the process. Isaac stayed when everyone left. I think oftentimes there's a spirit of restlessness that gets on people. They just get restless. skip bored with things. Bored, I want something new. I want the new iPhone. I want the new deal. Jesus said, listen, Don't store up for yourselves treasures here on earth where moth and rust destroy. Everything that's new and trending right now at some point is gonna turn out to be old and outdated. He said all these things that you value here on earth and Egypt, the treasures of Egypt that you wanna run down to and you wanna leave the idea of trusting in God or you wanna leave the place God's called you or the relationships God's called you in. I remember when I was 12 years old, I was getting a little bored with saving up money and sewing and tithing in the church and I was getting frustrated. And, and there was a new fad going on called Beanie Babies. How many of y'all remember Beanie Babies? Okay, so I had like, I had $500 from birthday money and from uh, mowing lawns and from odd jobs I had done. And, and I put all of that into Beanie Babies. I bought Bessie the beanie baby. I bought the penguin. I bought a hundred beanie babies. I put, I invest because I heard people were buying beanie babies and selling them and making huge money off the beanie babies. So I was like, this is what I needed. I need to put my trust in beanie babies. I need to, I, I need to shift my faithfulness from God to beanie babies because beanie babies are going to supply. My dad was like, this is a little weird. You're a 12 year old boy with beanie babies. I was like, Dad, they're not for me. I'm gonna sell them and just watch. I'll be the biggest giver in the church. Just wait for my tithe. It's gonna be so big. Trust me. And my dad was like, okay, we'll see. And I waited a little too long. And nobody wanted my Beanie Babies. All my Beanie Babies ended up in a garage sale. For $20, someone bought a whole box of my Beanie. It was one of the saddest days. And I thought, I'm never putting my trust and Beanie Babies again. <laughs> All the stuff that we chase after, the things that we think are going to solve our problems, they end up leaving us even more empty in the end. You get stuff and stuff and more stuff and more stuff. Jesus says, don't chase after that. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moth and rust are stored. It's okay to have riches. It's not okay for riches to have you. Like if you've shifted your faithfulness from God's house to... to, to just constantly being out on the road and doing business because you've turned your business into a God and constantly being gone from family and you've, you've shifted your faithfulness from where God's called you to be. You've gotten restless. This is what the prodigal son did in Luke 15. He got restless. He got frustrated. He's like, I wanna get out of dad's house. It's boring. This house is frustrating. They don't ever feed me the right meals. I want this, I want that. And his dad was taking care of him. He forgets that it was always there. Everything he needed was always in his father's house. But he got a restless spirit. There was a, there was a prophet in the Old Testament named Balak. Balaam uh, uh, hired Balak to curse the Israelites, and he couldn't curse the Israelites. True story. Every time he opened his mouth to curse them, blessings came out. He just kept blessing the Israelites. Lord, bless them coming in. Bless them coming out. It was amazing. God was causing the enemies of Israel to bless Israel instead of curse them, but then he did something. He said, I can't curse them, but they can curse themselves if they leave the place that God's called them to be. If, if we can get a restless spirit inside of them to walk away from where God's called them to be, to get restless like the prodigal son, to say, I want to leave dad's house. We can get them to curse themselves because the blessing is connected to the house. There's a blessing connected to the places God's called you to be. There's a blessing connected to the soil he's called you to be rooted in. Stay faithful, stay faithful. Oprah said, anyone will ride with you on the limousine, but I wanna know who's gonna ride with me when the limousine breaks down and we gotta take the bus. Who's gonna be faithful? Who's my faithful friends? Is there any bus riders with me here this morning? Who's faithful? It's easy to stay somewhere, stay in something when it's convenient, when it's comfortable, when you get everything you want, but what about when there's a famine? God said, I know you're tempted to go to Egypt, but don't, stay right here, trust me in this Isaac, Trust me, I'm telling you, there's a blessing connected to faithfulness. If you stay faithful, I'll make you fruitful. Faithful will lead to fruitful. Faithful will lead to fruitful. Listen, I don't want you to be flashy. I don't want you to be flaky. I just want you to be faithful. I know it's not always sexy, but stay faithful. Stay right where I got you. Keep sowing when no one else is sowing. If you'll be faithful in the church, just show up week after week after week. You might feel undervalued. You, you, every Every day you wake up in that marriage and you feel like there's a famine. Just stay faithful. Stay faithful as a wife. Stay faithful as a... Every day that you go to that job and you're frustrated, you want to leave. Every time people offend you and you want to leave, stop leaving every time it gets tough. Stay somewhere long enough to see a breakthrough. Stay somewhere long enough to see a miracle. Stop being so flighty every time you you face a... Listen, I think most of the miracles that we want in our life are connected to faithfulness. And faithfulness is a sign of trust. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 says, don't become lazy, but instead imitate those who through faith and patience, faith and patience. What is faithfulness? It's faith and patience. It's just connected. Faith and patience through faith and patience they inherit the promises of god abraham stayed in a land that didn't make sense to stay in lot went to sodom and gomorrah abraham went to canaan it wasn't pretty back then but because he stayed he was faithful isaac stayed he was faithful all of a sudden the land starts to change the climate starts to change the environment starts to change why god's going to use you to change your climate Instead of letting the climate change you, instead of letting the environment change you, he's gonna use you to change the environment. And it says, no, this is so good. Before I get to it, let me say this. Isaac's faithfulness led to Isaac's fruitfulness. Your faithfulness to the commandments of God, your faithfulness to the place that God's called you to be in, the people God's called you to be connected to, and the laws that God's called you to operate in. Now listen, the old covenant was basically done away with when the new covenant came in but the principles from the old testament continued into the new testament this is why paul said in galatians 6 verse 7 don't be mocked whatever a man sows he will also reap it's a principle it's not a law it's a principle so there's a connection to staying faithful with your sowing you'll always reap a harvest given it shall be given back to you pressed down shaken together it's new testament right Okay, so when you're faithful with those principles, you'll continue to see the fruitfulness that God has in store for you. It says in verse 12 of Genesis 26, Isaac sowed in that land he sowed in the place that no one wanted to sow he stayed where no one one wanted to stay he sowed where no one wanted to sow he sowed in a season that didn't make sense to sow and he reaped in the same year a hundredfold. if you'll stay with if you'll stick with it if you won't throw in the towel i'm telling you so many people quit right before the breakthrough I was on the highway not too long ago, and I was in this lane that was so slow, something had happened on Highway 169 right here, and we were backed up in traffic, and my lane was literally just stuck. I was stuck. And the lane right next to me was, whoop, whoop, whoop. I mean, people were moving fast, acceleration was happening in this lane. It always has to happen right next to you, like just get you frustrated enough, you get distracted. And I thought to myself, I'm gonna get out of this lane. My lane is boring, I am slow, I'm not going anywhere, I'm gonna get in their lane because they're going faster and I'm gonna do their lane. And I started to squeeze out, no joke, true story, I think God was laughing in heaven. I squeeze out of my lane to get into the fast lane and as soon as I squeeze, the lane that I squeezed into that was fast at one point, all of a sudden slowed down. And the lane that I was in before, and i was like i used to be friends with them maybe they'll let me back in please please and i'm trying to get back in they're like Uh-uh. you left our lane we're not letting you back in you left us that's what you get some of you guys were probably in that lane you wouldn't let me back in it's okay i forgive you <laughs> oftentimes we get out of the lane that god's called us to be in because we see the shiny objects on the side the distracting voices saying why don't you just come down to egypt Why don't you just stop tithing? Why don't you just stop being faithful to your spouse? Why don't you just do whatever you want? Why don't you just give into your flesh? Come on, you know you want to do what your flesh wants to do. Once you do what your flesh wants to do, you're going to feel so good, except you're actually going to feel so empty at the end of your life because you chose the easy way instead of choosing the obedient way. When I get to the end of my life, by the way, every single one of us will have a funeral in this room someday. Someday. It will come. It will come. Either the rapture will happen, or we'll go meet Jesus someday. And someday, I want my wife and kids to say, man, Paul led us with the spirit of faith. Paul was a generous man. He stayed faithful. He wasn't flat. He was just faithful. He was week after week. He was consistent. He was just there. He just kept doing what he needed to do. Wasn't always perfect. Didn't always preach a phileman young sermon, but he gave us cheesecake some weeks. He gave us golden corral some weeks. He even gave us some taco bueno and some mahogany some weeks. He was just faithful. He just kept showing up and sowing seed, showing up and sowing seed, showing up and sowing seed. And, sowing seed. and when you stay in the lane, God's called you to stay in sooner or later, the momentum, comes momentum is a result of staying planted in the place God's called you to be being faithful he'll make you fruitful number three sow seed in every season sow seed and it is never a bad time to sow seed it is never a bad time to sow seed and right now at victory the soil is hot This is a great time to sow into the kingdom of God in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Listen, we sow seed every week into stores, into Starbucks, into Quick Trip, into Walmart. We sow seed into the movie theaters. Why not sow seed into God's house? Because this is the place that's actually gonna change lives for eternity. Every time we give financially to this house or to the house of God, anywhere, what are we doing? We're reaching more boys and girls, more teenagers. We're sharing the love of God with more people. And when you sow seed in every season, you start reaping harvest in every season. The same year that he sowed, he reaped a hundredfold. It says the Lord blessed him on top of that. God has so much more on the other side of your obedience. Your obedience affects future generations. The obedience of, of this generation today will impact tomorrow's generation that we haven't met yet. There will be kids that will be talking 20, 30 years from now that go, man, I'm so glad victory stepped up and built that next generation building. I'm so glad they invested in a Bible college building right here on their campus. I'm so glad that they created a space for teenagers to worship God, a place of their own. I'm so glad they invested in a Christian school and a Bible college. I'm so glad they kept the Dream Center going in North Tulsa. I'm so glad they started a new campus over in that town. I'm so glad they announced the new campus downtown. I'm so glad they went because they touched our lives. When you sow seed in every season, you reach more people and you reap a harvest never seen number four here's the last point right here number four keep seeking the kingdom of god first keep seeking first the kingdom of god most of our problems stem from what we seek first trust really comes down to what are you seeking first matthew six twenty five says don't chase after all these things don't worry about what you're going to eat what you're going to drink what you're going to wear whether or not you're gonna have all the money you need to pay for things you want. He says, look at the birds of the air. I take care of them. Look at the lilies of the field, I clothe them. They always have what they need and are you not more valuable than them? Who of you by worrying can add one single cubit to your stature? In other words, worrying doesn't make you taller, it actually shrinks your life on the inside. Stress, fear, putting your faith in riches, It only continues to make your world smaller. But when you put your trust in God, this is why Jesus said, so seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Put God first in your life and watch what will happen. All these things you're worried about, stressed about, wondering about, wondering if God cares about, they will be added unto you. Billy and Ruth Graham were on a missions trip. Years ago, he wrote this in his book, The Autobiography, Just As I Am. And they were in the Caribbean area doing a crusade. And he said, we were invited by one of the wealthiest men on the island to come and have lunch at his house. And he said, we went to his house and it was massive. It was huge pools all over the backyard. And the 75 year old man greeted us at the door. He said, I'm the wealthiest man on the island. I own a jet right down the road, private airport. I have multiple helicopters. He said that yacht out there on the water, It's the biggest yacht I've ever seen. It's the nicest yacht I've ever seen. He said, I have so much money, I don't know what to do with it. I can go anywhere I want to, I can do anything I want. And then he said this, but I'm as miserable as blank. He said a cuss word that I won't say in church. But I'm as miserable as blank. And Billy and Ruth sat with him They said, why are you miserable? He said, because I've made my life all about money. And they tried to help him that day. They said, why don't you start giving? Why don't you start trusting? He said, yeah, if I just had a little bit more then I would, I just had a little. This is what greed says. If I just had a little bit more then I'd start tithing. And by the way, greed doesn't just exist in wealthy people's lives. It exists even in people who are in a famine, who have nothing. If you don't learn how to trust God in the small, you will never trust God with the much, with the much. This is why God's God's not just wanting to bless your wallet. He's wanting to bless your soul. What good is it to have a wealthy wallet, but have a poor soul? This man had all the money in the world, but he was miserable. He said, I hate my life. And they said, listen, there's freedom. There's freedom on the other side of trusting in God. Seek first the kingdom of God. They prayed for the man. They left his house. Later that day, he said, Billy Graham said, we walked down the street a few miles on that island, and we came upon a man and a hut. The man was like Dick Van Dyke off of Mary Poppins, just a jolly old fellow just happy as can be. And he he was talking to Ruth and Billy about his fishing business. He said, I don't own a boat, but I got a fishing pole and I make just enough to have food on my table for me and my kids. And I share Jesus with everyone who comes into my home. He said, I'm the happiest man on the island. I don't have a nickel to my name, but I'm as happy as can be. Billy said, I turned to Ruth and asked her, who do you think the richer man is? See, true wealth is found not in what you own, but in what you are willing to give to God. Wealth in the kingdom of God is not defined by how much money you have, but by how generous you are. And when you live to give, when you seek first the kingdom of God, when you put your trust in the provider of all riches instead of riches itself, I'm telling you, you'll never run out, you'll always have enough joy, you'll always have peace. And at the end of the day, trust really comes down to it, it really comes down to your own health. If you don't trust God, you will continue to have this internal turmoil of stress, panic, worry. The holidays are coming up. I'm not gonna make it. I don't know how I'm gonna get through this. I'm trying to help you get free today. Put your trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Do y'all receive that word today? You know, in 2013, our our church in this whole area right here on 77th and Lewis experienced one of the worst storms that hit Tulsa. It was a power surge that just poured down rain and lightning right here. And it knocked out one of our pine trees right in front of the church. Um, it, it literally just chopped it down. No branches, no green left. It left it at about three and a half feet tall. It was at one point like 17 to 18 feet tall and I'm a tree guy so I used to love you know I love those trees and it chopped it down the storm was that bad the rain and the lightning it literally just broke that tree it left the other tree normal it was fine it was standing tall and strong that one didn't get messed with but this one did and I remember thinking man we need to get rid of that tree that is that's an ugly looking tree it's dead we need to get rid of it the landscaping guy said no Paul leave it there I said, why he said, leave it in the soil. He said, trust me. He said, you uproot that, it has no chance ever of birthing green again. But he said, if you leave it there, he said, just, just wait for a year. If no green comes from it, let's get rid of it. But he said, just leave it in the soil. What, what oftentimes we don't realize is when a tree gets messed up in a storm and damaged on the top, the roots go so deep beneath the soil. When you stay somewhere long enough to let roots go deep, They produce fruit later on, when it looks like you've been damaged. Some of you, you've been knocked down by some storms in 2018. You've been knocked down by people. You've been betrayed. You've been hurt. You've been disappointed. You've been let down. In some ways, you've lost your life, even though you're still living. You've lost your faith. You've lost that desire to believe God for miracles, and you're just kind of surviving. You're on autopilot. But what you need to know is there's nutrients beneath the ground. As you stay faithful in the house that God's called you in, in the soil God's put you in, as you keep sowing. I remember seeing for the first time that trees start to sprout a little green. I said, did you see it? I talked to our landscaping guy. I said, did you see that? The tree's starting to grow green again. He goes, I see it. I said, I told you. I told you. Today, that tree that was one time three and a half feet tall because of the storm stands now 30 feet tall right in front of our church. You can see it. It's the one right there on the right. You can see where it was one time cut down. It's got some character to it. It's got a story to it. I like that tree more than the other trees on our land because there's a story behind it. Some of you have been knocked down. But god says i can still breathe life into you i can still do miracles i can still heal your marriage i can still change your life i can still don't walk away in the famine don't give up on god don't stop believing don't stop trusting stay with it stay faithful i'll make you fruitful i want us just to bow our heads and close our eyes maybe you're here right now and you've been tempted you've gotten a little restless you've been tempted to just call it quits on some things. Call it quits on some, some things that God has in your life. Could be even people. You've been frustrated in the process. Like Isaac, maybe you feel like you're in a famine. And God says, stay right here. So right here. Trust me in this. I'm turning things around. You don't see what's beneath this ground. God says, I, I've got more in store for you. But you've got to trust me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. All over this room, if you've been having some trust issues and today you're saying, I need to put my trust back in God again, I want you to lift your hand all over this room. Yeah, hands going up. I've been, I've been wanting to call it quits. I've been wanting to stop in some areas. I've been wanting to throw in the towel in some areas, but today I'm choosing to trust in the Lord again. Secondly, you're here right now and you say, Paul, it's been hard to be faithful. It's been hard to stay with it. I've gotten weary and well-doing, but today I want to renew my commitment to stay with it. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand. Could be in a relationship, in your family, in your finances, in your giving, in your commitment to, uh, to continue to obey God's word. Last but not least, you're here today and you say, Paul, I'm not right with God. I don't know if I'm going to go to heaven. I've drifted from God. I've gotten into sin. Like the prodigal son, I left the house. I've done some things I shouldn't do. But I'm back here today and I want to get things right with God. I want to surrender to Jesus. The good news is the Father always welcomes you back home. The doors are always open. The light is always on. Calling out to any prodigal sons and daughters, come back home. Come back home. Today is a new day to say, Lord, I'm coming back to your will, your way. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand. Today's your day to say, Lord, I'm coming back. Lord, I surrender. Lord, I'm tired of doing things my way. Awesome. If you raised your hand for any of those, I want to invite you to come and meet me at the altar right now. Come on, take a step out from your row. We're going to cheer on. Today is a new day. Today is a day to stretch your faith again. Today is a day to say, Lord, I'm trusting in you again. Lord, I'm renewing my commitment to stay faithful, to stay committed to the plan that you have for me, the mission that you have for me, the ministry. Lord, the message, what you've done in my heart. Lord, I'm choosing to put my trust in you, not in my riches, not in my stuff, but Lord, in your word, in your promises that are true. They are yes and amen. Antonio, lead us in that song. Come on, there's room at the altar for you right here, right now. Today's a day to surrender, to say, Lord, I'm coming back home. Lord, I repent of doing things my way. Lord, I'm choosing to put my faith in you. Lord, I'm choosing to trust again. I'm choosing to trust again. Lord, I'm surrendering my heart. I'm surrendering my mind. Lord, I'm surrendering the hurt, the wounds, God. Lord, I'm letting it go. saying take that dream off the shelf dust it off believe again trust again apply god's word again don't give up in well-doing don't let go of the dream that's in your heart stay faithful where god has you stay faithful to what god's called you to do trust in the lord right before this service, I was just in our Burmese church right down the road, about a mile down the road at 67th and Lewis. And I, I preached at their service. They had a 10 a.m. service that right after our 9 a.m., I went down there to preach. And today they celebrated their new building. And there were hundreds of people that are connected to Victory. That's basically a Victory Burmese church that's right down the road. And they were celebrating by the faithfulness of god they finally have occupied their own building and they've been waiting for it for 21 years the pastor told me he said 21 years we've been trying to get a building here in tulsa and we finally celebrated it someday yet will i praise you some of you are waiting on things and through faith and patience you're going to see the breakthrough you're going to see the miracles stay with it trust in the lord God's going to come through. Let's pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I'm all yours. I choose to obey you. I choose to trust you. Lord, I repent of doing things my way. And I receive your forgiveness. I'm all yours, God. Fear, get out of my life. Worry, get out of my life. I'm trusting in the Lord. I'm putting my trust in God. And Lord, I believe you will meet all my needs. You will take care of the dreams in my heart. Lord, let your will be done. Your kingdom come in my life as it is in heaven. In Jesus name. Amen and amen. I love you, Victory.